Warning, the following podcast is conducted by trained professionals. Any attempts to replicate opinions given in this production may result in serious physical and or mental disfigurement. Viewer discretion is advised. If you listen to this show and you like the show, I have one request. Go search in your junk drawer, search wherever, and if you find a copy, and this isn't, you know, this isn't, this is just between you and me. If you find a copy of Pokemon Emerald anywhere, (laughs) send me a message on Instagram. We'll work something out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, This isn't... Uh, a business transaction, but I'm I'm just saying, if you find it, uh, let me know. And you're willing to you get rid see- of it, just you know, send me a message. You ever see that episode of iCarly where they joke about the fans sending them money, and then they do send them money, and then they get into legal trouble for that? I'm not I'm not saying send me money. If you want to send me money, I'm. Well, yeah, it's it's not what you say; it's what you imply. It's not about the implication here. What it's about is just if you... And look, maybe uh, you send me emeralds and, you know, maybe something will come your way. I don't know. Um, Maybe something won't. And I say that it will. Who knows? Uh, But if you find one, let me know. Please. Please let me know. We'll work something out. Not a business transaction. And if you want to send us money... uh, you know, wrap it up in tin foil, thank, and you know we'll go from there. <laughs> oh my God! All right, now we finally are gonna have to hire lawyers. I got a couple guys on deck. It'll be all good. But anyway, it's, yeah, send Luke, send Luke Emerald if if you want to. It, it's your choice. It's your choice. I won't stop you. I'm not telling you to, but I'm just saying, if it's there, hey, uh, someone's looking. We're not saying to do it, but if you do do it, the consequences will be very positive and you'll benefit greatly from this. So, And hey, maybe you know. if you send us a copy of Emerald, you'll be on the show or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good way to start the show is, uh, you know, soliciting free stuff from our uh, listeners. It, if, you know, you know, if it works. If it works, it works. I'll agree. But... <laughs> What are, we, what are we talking about today? And I have to say, I'm going to give you props because I was seriously expecting Tis the Gift to be simple. And I was about to blow my top off if I heard Tis the Gift to be simple, Tis the Gift to be free again. You know, the, un- the, the, tis, that is, the it's a gift when it's scarce. Let me say that. <laughs> it's a gift when it's scarce? It, not the, like, it's not a gift if everyone has it. So if I use that intro all the time... Um, well, you have, you've used it all the time. I've used it once or twice, but if I use it more than three, four times, five, six, seven, if I use it more than that, it'll get a little stale. So today I thought I would, you know, switch it up by just saying, if you have games, send them to us, please for free. Thank you. Uh, please send us free stuff. Um, if you need the address, DM us on, uh, Instagram, but let's get into the, discussion part of the show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i like to think Mm -hmm. is what people come here Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what lucas tell me what are we reviewing today face backslash off 
forward slash starring off, starring S- Nikki Cage Travolta slash Cage. Yep, yep. We got a B list celebrity movie. Okay, come on. John Travolta and Nick Cage are A listers. The rest, literally not. Yeah, B. They are. They're not. I was. Cage is A list. Cage is A list. Cage is an A list. Let me see his movies. He's been in the. This is a huge movie. National Treasures is a blockbuster movie. Uh, yeah, it was. He's. He's in he's in Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Oh, barely, movie. barely. He's in. Uh, he's like a cameo. Well, he has an Academy Award. Okay, Travolta. I won't even argue because he is in Saturday Night Fever. That alone propelled him to A list status. Not even gonna comment that. Don't disrespect my boy, Tra- my boy Travolta like that. No, no. Like, let's look at his filmography here. Grease, who cares? I'm looking at it. Pulp Fiction. Grease, who cares? Pulp Fiction is the only one on here. What has he got? Face Off, Hairspray, Gaudy, Staying Alive. Oh my god. <laughs> Staying Alive is the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, so that, that counts for that. He's A-list. He has, he, does he have an Academy Award? He didn't have one, but he's got a nomination for Saturday Night Fever. He, he, this is A-list, okay? Nah. If... If you ask a guy on the street, if you show a picture of this guy to a random on the street, and they will probably know who it is, that's A-list. That's and not if you show A-list. Up... Really? Yeah, really. Okay, what's your criteria for A-list? A-list is a Brad Pitt. Um, it's a Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. It's a Christian Bale. Those are A-listers, Okay. Those are the guys you call first, and then they say, oh, I want a trillion billion dollars to be in the movie, and you say, all right. And then you go down the list, and you say, hey, Travolta, do you want to be in Welcome Back, Cotter, whatever. You want to be in Gotti? And he says, sure. They might not be A-list anymore, because they're like 60, 70 years old. And also, they're both kind of crazy, so, you know, the roles aren't coming in like they used to. I'll admit that. But in their heyday, I'm sure when this movie came out, they put Travolta Cage on the poster of the movie. Yes, exactly. And, and it's just, just a B-lister movie where you get some no. actors that people kind of know. <laughs> and then they're like, ooh, I know these people. It's what they do in animated movies. They get, oh, uh, oh, Whoopi Goldberg is, you know, voicing in this movie. People are like, ooh, I know Whoopi Goldberg. And they go see it. This is just that. Oh, Nick Cage, he was uh, in The Wicker Man. Travolta was in Carrie. Let's go see the movie. Uh, but then if they, but what they wanted, what they could have done if they had the money, and they would have, is they would have got a Brad Pitt. They would have got a Tom Cruise. They would have got real like, actors in there, please. Well, you know what? This is a good this is a perfect place to slot in this first piece of trivia is that they originally they wanted to get uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Told you, A-listers. Okay. Like, are they more... Uh, they're more A-list, yeah, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. These are two A-listers in an A-list movie in a top-notch B-listers quality film. B-listers in an F-lister movie. Okay, let's give a run. <laughs> let's give a rundown of the movie. Let's give a rundown. Um, basically, uh, Travolta plays this guy named Sean Archer, and I know mm-hmm. his name because they say Sean Archer fifty-two times in the movie. And if you're a listener of Cop, I you know I never remember names, but this movie is written like a third grader's essay, where <laughs> they just keep using the same words. So Sean Archer is John Travolta, and um. 
His son gets killed by Nicolas Cage, who is Caster Troy. And then, um, kind of starts a movie, because now they're rivals. Um, basically, Nicolas Cage, his character kind of dies in a gunfight, and then uh, the only way they can infiltrate his gang and stop this bomb that he planted is by taking their respective faces off, swapping their faces, and then sending uh, sending John Travolta to prison to see his uh, Nicolas Cage's brother. That's a movie. Um, and that... And then, well, you, there's one other point mm -hmm. is that is that they do the swap to get the info, and it's supposed to be you know quick job in and out. Yep. But then, of course, um, uh, he can't catch a break. <laughs> Sean Archer can't catch a break. You know, he hasn't had sex with his wife in two months. What a loser! What uh, a fucking loser! You know, his his daughter hates him, and of course his son's death is on his conscience. Uh, Caster finds out about the thing, and then he kills everybody who knows about it. The two people. And then, so now it's basically a bad guy in the good guy's body, good guy in the bad guy's body, and they got and good guy's got to find a way to get back in his body. Kind of ripped off a Star everybody. Trek episode. Well, you know what this movie does is that it, it takes that body swap premise from every from that star trek episode and from every sitcom and for some reason they put it in this they have this convoluted premise where you can just change a guy's face and make him look identical you can just take a guy's face off so to speak uh which is you know the sequence was pretty cool when no, they're taking the no, face it's off. not i need to talk it, about it right now this scene <sighs> makes no sense not a lick. It doesn't make sense. Okay, they I'm not, they do an outline with the laser around his face, mm -hmm. and then uh, they just pull it off, as if um, the only thing holding your skin together is that it's connected to more skin. Uh, so if you just cut, like if you had a cut <laughs> on your hand, you could just pull the your whole skin, or you could just lift your skin off, or. Something uh, next, um, they forget that skeletal structure and muscle structure exist. Um, so you can't just make Nicolas Cage's squished face on his little tiny head on John Travolta's big block butt chin head. It doesn't work. Um, yeah, that that is the, the suspension of disbelief. There is is rough. I mean, especially because they don't makeup crew doesn't do anything to make it like oh he's playing him it's just it's just travolta and cage Tra but you travolta, know what? no no, no. <laughs> okay go ahead travolta go ahead, go ahead. has um oh my god or sean archer i'm gonna refer to them as the characters names because i'm gonna get confused if i no. Sean Archer then has a microchip planted in his throat which makes him talk like Castor Troy, whatever. Sure, that's whatever. But then they don't do that to Castor Troy's character, and then somehow he's able to mimic Sean Archer's voice 100% accurately all the time. How? I do not know. Maybe he went to actor's school. He went to voice acting academy. Mm -hmm. um, 
and their heights are different, but somehow they changed their heights or something. I don't know. I guess the CIA, FBI, BB, whatever, they didn't work. They didn't know that masks exist. Like the premise for this movie is so dumb. And every scene in this movie, I was like, wow, that didn't make sense. Wow. That's not how okay. people act. Okay. Wow. I'll that's say not this. how the real world works. I'll, okay. I'll say this. The acting okay. sucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Literally. No, it doesn't. So bad like travolta plays this like little mopey bitch baby in the first bit of the movie travolta is so good and in this he's movie so bad he's so <laughs> unconvincing when he's just like moping around <laughs> at the beginning of the movie i was like is this a joke like it's so dumb and even the opening of the movie doesn't make sense caster troy shoots sean archer's son in an attempt to in an attempt to kill Sean Archer. And then mm. um, he sees that he doesn't kill him and kills his son. And then he doesn't kill Sean Archer. Like, that's just it. He's like, oh, that was my one bullet I brought. Damn. <laughs> well, I mean, they don't, you don't run him cheap. That was six years prior to the plot of this film. So maybe he was just starting out as a, as a freelance terrorist. So, you know, you're on a budget. Okay. You know, in that economy, in this okay. economy, you're gonna have more than one bullet. Yeah. Okay. Here's this. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. The premise. The premise is completely cockamy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You have. <laughs> you have to take it in stride, and I took it in stride. And if it's, take these it's okay, balls in stride, it's not. No. <laughs> movie doesn't work. No, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Okay. Yeah. What What John Woo does, okay, is that the premise is is stupid, and apparently. This is partly due to the fact that the movie, apparently the script was set in the future because the script's not by John Woo. They were just like, do you want to direct this? It was supposed to be in the future and then John Woo said, no, make it in present day. I don't know, maybe to save money, maybe to make things easier. I don't know why. But the premise is silly and ridiculous. But the premise is besides the point for me. Like that kind of logistic stuff, you know, you win this one, Cinema Sins. But this, what I like about the premise to start is that it gives the story that allows Travolta and Cage to play each other. And that's like the best part of the movie. They for me. barely do. They, Sean they, Archer doesn't Cage. even play as Nicolas Cage. He does like, he pretends to be Nick Cage in like two scenes. Or like Nick okay. Cage pretends to be Sean. Pre, no, Nick Cage pretends to be. Holy shit. Nick Cage pretends to be caster troy in like a total of two scenes other than that he's just moping around and it's just it's so boring Keep... okay okay at at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. they established the characters mm-hmm. okay? you have john travolta and he's playing a he's playing a boring like just a regular fba guy he's like i'm gonna do it by the book oh my god my son is dead this is so sad and then nicholas cage is playing like a parody of himself where he just he just ridiculously crazy if i let you suck the... my tongue I could eat a peach for hours, you know. The scene in the airport where he's dressed as a priest and then they're singing hallelujah in the choir and he's talking shit about the composers, calling him a hack, and then he grabs this girl's ass and he makes a silly face. He's just doing, like, Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage, just crazy cuckoo man. 
and that's whatever like they could have done that and that was the movie and then it's just a it's just a lame action movie but then they flipped the roles i like i like the role flip i now say this okay they both do i think they both do a good job cage cage's job is not well he doesn't get as much material because once again sean archer is like kind of a boring guy so he just plays straight lace like hero for the movie which i guess is different from nicholas cage from acting mentally ill i like travolta in this okay i won't lie to you and this is why you're right that in some scenes he's kind of inconsistent like sometimes like the first scene we meet him which is like my favorite scene in the movie um he when archer who's pretending to be troy his gets sent to prison then out of nowhere um troy comes as archer to the prison he didn't even know because at that point he assumed he was in the coma at the beginning of the movie there's this huge sequence that's pretty cool where they're on a runway they're chasing a plane it's not guns it's not explosions cool. it's good like are you saying the action sequences are not good in this um um they're for good action sequences to be truly good you have to have emotional investment in the movie Okay, well, you get some and, of that And later, the huh? runway chase doesn't make any sense. Like, it already... I was like, what? Like, the cop... There's cop cars chasing a plane? What are they hoping to accomplish? You would... Like, <laughs> is there no air force? Like, there's no um, airspace um, protection in America now? Like, they would just shoot that plane down if they needed to, or to see where it's landing and arrest them there. You know what? The thing with this movie is that I this is the second time I watched it. I watched it for the first time, I think like a year ago. Yeah. And I had and I took away a lot of the same things you did, which is like this movie's stupid, doesn't make sense. There's weird dialogue that doesn't sound human at all. Yep. Sounds like a um, bad movie. That, but <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe this is Stockholm Syndrome and they and they've they've deceived me, they've tricked me, they they've Pull the fast one out. I don't know. Maybe the I'm wrong. Time I convince it. me. Convince me. I'll convince you. Okay. Yep. The move. The whole movie's weird. It has like this off kilter tone. It really for me took a second viewing for me to settle in with it and kind of understand it. It's just like a dumb. It's a dumb movie. Okay. This isn't um, a particularly. There's no depth to this movie. Really. It's just like you know, let's have these two guys actually, and then shoot each other a bunch of times. But. There's stuff in it that makes it worthwhile, okay? I wasn't finished about Travolta's performance. It's good. He's inconsistent because you're right. Sometimes in that, like in that first scene, he's going, you know, ooh, you good looking. You're hot, which is the best line ever. And then he starts licking him and he's doing Nicholas Cage. Then for the rest of the movie, he's not acting like him. But he can act like him, okay? And this is where the layers come in. Because he's John Travolta acting as Nicolas Cage acting as John Travolta, okay? And I think he does that pretty well. You know, like the scene um, when his daughter comes home uh, with Hyde from that 70s show and then he tries to rape her and then he beats him up. Um, The way that he plays the character after when they're talking and another great scene from the film is... It's trying to be normal, but he just can't restrain himself, you know? So he says weird shit, like, here's this knife uh, twisted into the next, twisted into the leg of the next guy who attacks you so the wound won't close. And he gives her cigarettes and stuff like that. It's a comical performance for the most part, uh, for Travolta more so than Cage, because Cage is just, you know, being whatever. He's just being straight-laced hero guy. 
but I love Travolta in this. Um, you you don't really see like this kind of I've never seen from Travolta kind of like this role where he just has the shit eating grin throughout the whole movie. He's hamming it up, and he's doing a great job of it. I thought the performance was great. Now, if we're talking about the rest of the cast, uh, that's another story. You know, who else is in this movie? Um, Eve Archer, who plays Sean's wife, she's okay. Actually, everyone else is just kind of okay. Nobody's spectacular in this, but they put... They Arthur Lee Allen, the police, uh, policeman, the prison I, guard. I noticed that. Actually, he's cool. Well, I mean, he's just playing a dickhead prison guard, so it's just like, I'm just going to beat you up whenever I can kind of thing yeah. but <laughs> i'm glad you noticed that that was arthur lee allen who by the way is the zodiac killer and i'll put that in writing um but uh the acting in the in this is pretty good i it was thoroughly entertaining are you gonna tell me that like you were rolling your eyes every time they were doing silly shit it's funny like, it's fun. okay okay yes it was funny not for the reason that the director wanted it to be though uh, but if it is, if that is was his intention, then great, amazing movie. But like, I just because I laugh at something doesn't that mean that that thing is like good or worthwhile to me. I mean, like, there's so much, so many things in this movie that just like I just I'm not I'm not engulfed in a universe. I'm I'm not immersed. I'm just like holy shit, this is so dumb. <laughs> look at Nicolas Cage. I'm not saying look at Sean Archer. I'm like, look at Nick Nicolas Cage making that face. <laughs> and like stuff like that. There's just, I mean, the best part about this movie was that uh, Sean Archer's daughter had a Bjork poster in her room. I mean, <laughs> she had like a, she had a Smashing Pumpkins poster too. Some other stuff. She was playing some James Brown. Was she? Uh, she, got, she got good music taste. Yeah, she got good music taste. The, the, you know what? And part of the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, but there, there's so many things in it that, for example, like in a James Bond movie, mm -hmm. like the new ones I'm going to talk about, like the, what's his name? Uh, Daniel Craig ones. Mm. There are things that he does in that movie, or even like a Die Hard. The characters do things that if he did in real life, it just wouldn't, ha it wouldn't happen. Die Hard wouldn't happen. James Bond movies wouldn't happen. Like, James Bond will jump from a bridge and land in the water and survive. Like, no. Or just do yeah. just do crazy stuff. But the action and the emotional weight and just kind of how it's shot, that all should just keep you watching and just keep your focus. Like, hey, don't think about that. Don't think about how it doesn't make sense. This is exciting. And it, it's important. And that sort of stuff makes you watch it and just makes you believe whatever stuff they want to feed you. And in this movie, it doesn't work. In this movie, my mind goes, that doesn't make sense. That wouldn't happen. Like, there is a scene in this movie where um, Sean Archer jumps from the top of this prison, which is, like, a few stories tall into water. Mm, no. Like, I don't want to be that guy that looks at a sci-fi like interstellar and goes well actually and that wouldn't happen but that on that part of my brain only really clicks and wakes up when the movie completely loses my interest in the characters right mm -hmm. and if a movie does that and then i consciously take it apart then 
That's a crap movie. Like, a good movie, you'll do that upon second, third, fourth rewatch. Because now you've you've been through the stress, you've been through this and that, and you kind of know what's going to happen. So now you can kind of look at other things and be like, okay, that doesn't make sense. And then, mm -hmm. whatever. You can talk about if that makes a movie bad or not. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, my main point really is that it uh, there's so many things I, like... I, I really don't know if it is just a lack of emotional weight or things are just shot in like pacing is just so weird that um, I just have so much time to think about how things don't make sense or what, or maybe mm -hmm. this side and the other thing. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it didn't really grab me like the whole, like, I really don't care that his son died because I knew his son for a total of two seconds. Like I, I, I don't care what like no this okay. is what movies you know, do like world war z where it's just like oh he has a family oh his family died oh god oh no that's what i'm gonna say like you you can't just speed run this shit and so many movies try to do it where it's just like oh he has a family and they died aren't you sad like not really he's a stranger to me i i, I don't care about this person sorry but yeah, you know, I like the dead son motif to the film where that's that's the big point of contention is that just Archer wants to hunt Troy because he killed his son. Yeah, it's it's like it's basically just a plot device, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just the emotional equivalent of a MacGuffin. Like you're supposed to hate Troy because he just saw in the, like for two seconds him shoot a kid and then the kid's dead. Accidentally, too. Like, why? What? Yeah, it was accidentally too. I mean, I guess if you, he would still be pissed about it, but whatever. It, I'll say this, okay? This is like John Woo's first American movie or Hollywood movie. And I was, and I still really don't know, like, how much of this is, how much of the material in this movie that is so ridiculous is just like lost in translation in the sense that it's just not the style in Hollywood versus like Hong Kong filmmaking. Maybe. Or if he's just taking the piss and like he, and he's just trolling everybody. I honestly do not know. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll need to call John Wu up one day about this. But I'll agree with you in the sense that when it comes to like, I guess the emotional impact of this film, it's not a very emotionally affecting film. I don't find it affecting at all. The subplot that they have with the family, the first time I saw it, I, I really hated because it it's just, it's very cliche, okay? It's guy with broken marriage and daughter he can't connect with. And <laughs> that's basically it. And then at the end of the movie, there's a big shootout and then they're all reconciled and it doesn't really make that much sense. I want to talk about that maybe when you're done your thought. And but you know the second time I watched it I I kind of came around to it. Like I understand the role it serves in the story and I think there's some nice parallel done family-wise between Troy and Archer that I didn't appreciate the first time. The stuff with Archer's family specifically is pretty cliché, but I like that the kind of juxtaposition that's done with Troy's quote-unquote family. Because he doesn't have, have a family in a traditional sense because he's a terrorist. What he has is like a bunch of cronies. He's got this one guy that he's, I guess it's like, well, he's got his brother, Pollux Troy, who he cares about. And they're like terrorists in arms together. And then he's got, um, there's this guy named Beatrich, mm -hmm. who's like his one of his buddies. That's like part of his family. The best scene 
involving Nick Cage for me in this movie is the scene in which after Archer escapes from prison, once again, he's posing as Troy, he goes to Dietrich, who is like his, his dealer buddy's hang, a hideout. And then he hangs out with some of the other guys there. And then you kind of get introduced to Sasha, who is uh, Troy's love interest. And you find out that he has a son as well. And, of course, that neatly sets up the ending later on, which, once again, is a little ridiculous, I'll admit. We'll talk about that later. But I like that scene because, A, I thought that was an emotionally affecting scene. When you kind of show the consequences of having, like, a crazy, just, in, uh, like, just a complete psychopath uh, coming in and out of people's lives, like with Sasha, I like that scene um, quite a bit. And so it was a nice juxtaposition to have with Archer's family life, which is, you could argue, equally dysfunctional, but obviously a lot more stable because it's just, you know, suburban family life. So I thought that stuff was good for the most part. Nothing really impressive. And you're right, nothing to really invest me in the action sequences besides, like, it didn't really feel like there's anything at stake, really. Um, but we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the action, which we will, but you have a point you wanted to talk about. I just thought of another point. I'm going to do the one I just thought about and then maybe talk about the other one. You are right. Like, by the end of the movie, because what happens is, um, Caster Troy is like, okay, I'm just going to live my life straight as, uh, Sean Archer. And, um, I'm going to tell them where the bomb is and everything. And then at, after that point, after the bomb, which they set up at the beginning and like barely had any emotional weight, um, but still some, because Obi ought to stop the bomb, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there was a countdown, like we only have this X amount of days to do it. Whatever, let's, let's stop the bomb. Then Caster Troy just stops it. And then I was thinking, okay... Uh, I, why do we care now? Like the, we just have to, after that point, we have to care that, um, Sean Archer gets his face or body or whatever back. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I don't know these characters and I, all I know about Caster or Sean Archer. And the only reason I should care about him is because his son died. I don't know his dreams. I don't know his hobbies. I don't know anything about him except his life sucks. What like, and his life is going to continue to suck probably after he gets his body back. Why should I care? I I don't really. I need to, like I need, if you, if you want the audience to care about a character, you have to, you have to make them. You have to say like, oh, this is this is basically your friend. Okay, this is my friend. I'll care about him. Here's what I'll talk about at the end of the movie. Jump to it, whatever. Um, most of the characters die, except for the good guys. Good guys win at the end. Um, and uh, what was Caster Troy's girlfriend's name? Sasha? Sasha. Sasha's son, which obviously and coincidentally looks like um, his dead son, Michael. Um, Sasha dies. Caster Troy dies. And then he adopts this guy <laughs> the son as like a replacement for his dead son and I'm like this isn't uh, a pay like A it's really like uncomfortable 
um, <laughs> because of how bad this family is not um, dealing with this loss, and like how the movie treats it as is that is that it's a, like a positive. That's a vibe I got from it. I'm totally yeah, it's fine a positive with movies or any art doing dark things. Totally fine with it. What I'm not fine with is things doing dark things and playing them off as like good things like tonight I'm fucking you by Avicii and or whoever and it's <laughs> nice and positive and actually it's kind of rapey and not positive. Um that's the same vibe I get from the end of the movie. Same with like uh like the Incredibles too, where you're thinking like, okay, Mr. Incredible didn't really learn a lesson here. And like they just adopt this guy, and I'm sure like I was like, what are they gonna rename him Michael too? You're gonna be like, sorry, buddy, you're gonna be our little Michael now, and they're gonna dress him I up in his old clothes. There's a scene in the movie where um, Sean Archer spends the night in like Michael's bedroom, as if they haven't like torn it down or anything like that. It's like holy Christ, you guys need help. <laughs> like, that ending did not have the weight they thought it did like i was like cringe cringe i was cringing like the end okay the like the very ending for the movie movie actually kind of sucks like there's a good ending sequence and i want to talk about the action sequence dedicated so i won't get into it now but they have the big action sequence they kill troy and then with the stunt like, doubles well, yeah but <laughs> yeah the stunt well yeah, the stunt doubles in that aren't great. We'll talk about that later, okay? Okay. Um, the ending is, like, weird and rushed. Sean just comes home. They're all like, Sean, we love you. And then he brings the son in. He's like, this is our new son. <laughs> and, and they're like, yay. And then the movie ends. At, the, at that stage in the film, though, it, it's a shit ending, okay? I'll admit. At that stage in the film, I just took it in stride. Like, I was like, okay. You know, like, what else is going to happen? Like, it it is what it is. It's it's not the kind of movie where, though, and you're, because there isn't really emotional depth to it. And it's funny that we talk about this because on the Wikipedia, which I'm on, um, critics praise this movie for, among other things, the emotional depth, <laughs> uh, which I think they were tripping uh, about. But Wow. Yeah, it the, that scene is really silly. And then the movie ends. And then I was like, okay. But it's still a good movie, though. Let's talk about the action. The action in this is great. I love the action in this. Okay. It's it's all kind of like gun-fu style. So it's all just done with firearms. But then everyone's doing flips and jumps and there's explosions and shit. I thought all the sequences were great. And the thing with the movie is that in rather than really have like consistent violence throughout it really has these marquee set pieces spread throughout the film. And then in between, you kind of get the the family drama. You get the can mouse chase between Troy and Archer and stuff like that. I thought the action sequences were paced very well. And that anytime I was thinking, you know, when is something cool going to happen? Then we get a cool scene. Um, the raid at, at, the, um, at Sasha and Dietrich's place was a great scene. Um, the choreography in terms of the action is all really good. Uh, the ending sequence where they're chasing each other. I, where would that be? I don't know what harbor that is. I think they're, this movie's in uh, LA, right? Yeah, it looked like that harbor I've been around in GTA 5. 
<laughs> yeah, it looks like one of the GTA harbors. And uh, that sequence is great. I like the fight that they have at the end on the, on the rocks. And then I like the, the harpoon kill at the end. That was very uh, 80s action. Uh, all the action is great. And I mean, like, that's the main draw of the movie, right? Is that It's a John Woo movie. So it's just all about the action, the shooting. The effects are great. I can't actually recall squib work in this if we have to if we have to discuss the squib situation i don't know if you can remember if there were squibs or not either way all the violence was pretty convincing and all the stunt stuff was pretty convincing for the most part except for that one part at the end of the movie when they're racing their boats and then they hit they both crash and then you see the stunt doubles flying through the air and it's obviously not travolta and cage <laughs> um yeah that one took me out of it a little they're better doubles than other doubles i've seen but they're still doubles and not them they're so. as bad as old star trek doubles no it's better than that no, and i had that specifically in mind when in star trek when i see kirk have to fight anybody the suspension of disbelief is annihilated vaporized this one i could still hold it for a little Dude, bit it was strange looking was at cold. them then I was looking at I was looking and directly at them, Lucas. I can cope with it because old Star Trek was on crappy CRTs that were probably in black and white. Still, this was in theaters, dude. You would see, like you could see, you could. See. Okay, you know what? I, I swear, right. one of the stunt doubles was black in one scene. Like that's how <laughs> off they were. Like okay, there, there's this one scene where it's bad. and really inexcusable in a big budget production like this. But I'll give them props because in a lot of these scenes. And you don't really, you might not notice it when you're watching it because it's all done pretty believably. But you see Travolta and Cage flipping around. And you know that these geezers cannot do that. You know Travolta is not flipping around like that, especially not as his weight. So I'm going to give them, for the dumb, for the stunt double work, I'm going to give them a B. Okay? Yeah, you're getting a, a B. D minus. They get one point off for a bad, pretty egregious scene towards the end. Oh, and what Lord. is the climax of the film but that's it so the action is impeccable it's great i mean if you like action movies you're gonna like this i want to talk about the dialogue um the dialogue is cheesy and honestly at the time shit but the movie has a great way of turning ridiculous lines of dialogue into just things that it's just funny like i just find a lot of it humorous the serious stuff that falls flat obviously is not as funny but you know, I can't think of any lines directly, but it really does have like an ESL feel. Like somebody who has English as a second language wrote it, which is weird because this was written by Mike Werb and Michael Collery. And these are both guys who are born and bred American. I Before finding this out, I, I would have thought Wu wrote the script and it was just a weird thing into the translation but no uh yeah so some of the dialogue is off but once again like a second time it it didn't phase me as much um there's a lot of great lines in this that are quotable like the i could eat a peach for hours thing in the initial scene that they have that which is just cage as troy saying it to some flight attendant because he's his character in this is super horny it's just like a one-off weird line and then they bring it back in a great humorous scene when they use that as like the test line for when they have to calibrate Archer's voice to be like Troy's. Like that was that was pretty clever, right? When you take this stupid line 
and then and then you hear I could eat a peach for hours like four or five times in the span of twenty seconds. How did they that get that good. recording? I Don't worry about lady. it. Yeah, I, I guess she was bugged because she they find out she well she reveals herself as an FBI agent. The humor in this is good. Like besides just all the obvious comedic lines that you've seen on YouTube all the time, there's even some slyer like stuff like that. Like um, I like the scene when Sean first gets transplanted and he's getting carried away, and his buddy Tito is like, "What's wrong with you, man? You look off." And he's like, "My face is itchy." And they try to play the scene straight, and I was laughing during it, and he just massages his face. He massages his face. He doesn't even scratch it. Like, this movie can't <laughs> even do that right. Holy shit. Well, he's not going to scratch his face with his nails. Like, that's painful. He's just he's just moving the muscles around. Oh, who cares? They probably put instant heel spray on his face or something. He doesn't even have scars. <laughs> the best of the humor in this movie is when it like just plays into the character's mannerisms or the character's mannerisms that they're or the the mannerisms that they're trying to copy from the character that they're supposed to be playing kind of thing you know that's where I like a lot of the humor of the film is derived a lot of it is just from John Travolta doing silly shit and trying to act cool perving on his daughter and smoking cigarettes with her yeah I love uh, the incest scenes in the movie there okay yeah there are two notable instances of incest um which i'm sure a certain section of the cop crowd will be delighted to hear about so i'll just say them the first scene is when when art or when troy as archer goes to their home and he meets jamie and she's in her underwear talking to her boyfriend Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. a really weird it's it's, okay it's creepy scene okay He's like creeping on her. He's like, there's one thing I crave. And then he's like reaching for her. And then he just grabs the cigarettes behind her. That that was kind of funny in, in like the worst possible way. Uh, but that's whatever. Then they don't play into that anymore because he has to act normal. And then you have the, um, the uh, kiss later on in the movie where Sasha and Dietrich are saying goodbye to each other and then they kiss each other on the lips for a long time even though they're brother and sister Uh, that was actually improvised by the actors uh because they just figured that they were the type of people to be weird and kind of creepy like that Uh, that one is really puzzling but it i almost like that because well number one they're they're weird they are weird, and you would, and you know that Sasha's not going to be normal if she had like a relationship with Troy because he's just completely demented. So it kind of fits with the characters. Um, I don't know. There's like a it was a nice subtle piece of storytelling that just happens for five seconds, and we go huh, and then it just carries on the rest of the film. So there's there's those two instances. It's it's strange, but you know that's kind of the theme of the film. The the relationship between Sean Archer and his daughter also won't be resolved um, because the only reason why she thought he was cool was because he wasn't him. So after the events of this movie, they're still going to go on hating one another. He's going to be like, hey, where'd you get that butterfly knife? Uh, give that to me. And stop smoking. <laughs> this is one of those movies where they present problems in the beginning, family-wise, and then I guess through sheer force of trauma, they're all supposed to reconcile and live all la da kumbaya together after. Hmm. Many films are culpable of this. I won't excuse this one. 
The thing with Jamie, though, is that I think her real problem with Sean is that she doesn't have a problem. There's no problem. It's just she's a teenager. So, like, that's that's it, right? She just... Her, her conflict with her dad is, like... Troy says at one point, you haven't been the same since Michael died, but, you know, she's, like, wearing, I don't know, alternative makeup and earrings and stuff like that, but whatever. It's... I don't think there's anything like major to reconcile the thing is with his wife how will he react and once again you just have to assume that they just will bond over this completely contrived experience together oh well you know how it'd be yeah <laughs> uh another couple things there's another great thing i want to highlight in this film is the score is pretty good okay the music's pretty good, but that's the orchestral score is not in the original stuff. is not even the best use of music in this film. This me this film has a great use of diegetic music, which is just the music that the characters can hear that we can also hear. There's a great scene where in the shootout at uh, the Hassler's place in the drug hideout, where they put headphones on. What is Sasha's son name? Dude, that's not. Oh my god! Thank you for reminding me. The headphones aren't even plugged into anything. Don't don't worry about it, bro. They're they're Bluetooth, bro. They're Bluetooth. You never have Bluetooth headphones? I like. Please, if someone's listening to this and they can prove me wrong, I I walked. I'm like, what is this plugged into? I saw nothing. Doesn't matter. Cool scene, you know. There's nothing, and and this is the scene that's been emulated a lot of times, which is, and especially in recent cinema, which is have action and carnage just juxtapose it with like happy, cheery music or like Guardians. In this, Guardians does this all the time. Um, in this case, this song was "Over the Rainbow" yep. by Olivia Newton-John. That was a pretty cool scene. I like the Papa's got a brand new bag scene when. Uh, Troy's creeping on Archer's daughter and then he punctuates the whole scene with Papa's got a brand new bag. That was good stuff. Uh, there's the hallelujah scene in the airport. You don't see that a lot because usually filmmakers like to have music in the soundtrack, but to have it integrated into the scenes like that, I thought it was pretty impressive and it stood out to me. That so that was a great... Well, it does this one really well, okay? <laughs> you know what? Okay, Tarantino does that excellently, okay? But, you know, not only Tarantino does this, John Woo does this too. And I bet Tarantino loves this movie, okay? Tarantino this doesn't know shit. <laughs> how dare you? I'd kick Take his that ass. Back. Take that back. Don't tell me how fucking based my post is, okay? <laughs> um, so that's good. What else did I have in my notes? You sound kind of done with this. I'm done with it. This movie sucks ass. Here's one. We're talking about um, plot holes. Yep. Okay. Sure. This is the biggest plot hole for me. And this is what broke my suspension mm -hmm. the most. Besides all the other silly, stupid shit that, you know, is not really coherent. Why doesn't he tell his wife? Uh, yeah, great question. I They, they kind of, like, introduce it at the beginning of the movie that, like, he doesn't tell her anything. But, yeah, it is stupid. Um, Why doesn't anyone tell any of the prison guards what's going on? Like, I'm... So stupid. 99% sure that's what they do in real life is they tell the prison guards that stuff like that is happening. Um, like, I can excuse that because the rationale then is that if they tell the prison guards, like, 
one of them's going to leak something and then the whole thing's blown. Okay. And and that's why they say to him when they, when they do the procedure for him, it's going to be us three, his buddy Tito, this FBI director lady, and then the, the Dr. Walsh who performs the procedure. It's just going to be them who know. And she said, don't tell your wife, but what like realistically could, like, this is something that you really should tell your wife. You yeah. Know? Like what, what does she just suspect then? Like my husband died yeah and it's it's just, like that's the big thing where it's like this doesn't make sense and then of course if he tells his wife and the plot of the movie doesn't happen uh but it really would have it just comes off a little silly to me yeah that uh, nobody else knew yeah and also i don't know i and this is like a personal arc i hate the plot point where somebody goes undercover and only x and x know and then x and x die and the evidence is gone so now like really there's no backup like you guys didn't prepare for some kind of eventuality i would make sure that was happening before i agreed to the whole thing yeah like why would everyone in his team know like the only reason you wouldn't tell someone is if you were scared that they would somehow compromise it like then you're scared that his team would compromise it you're scared that his wife would go and compromise it and like yeah, like three people knew about it, really, really. And then, like, another thing is they just leave Castor Troy's face off, and he's just sitting there with a bandage around his head. Like, you, yeah, what? No, you didn't put a skin no. graft on or anything, or just kill him at that point? What is why? There's actually a kind of cool scene where they, um, when Castor wakes up from his coma and he's got no face, and then he calls his cronies to go pick up Walsh to fix his face when he's just waltzing around with no face and they do a couple quick cuts just to show yeah oh this is what he looks like with no face because you know it's pretty gory and then they have a nice shot where he his face is reflected into walsh's glasses mm -hmm. and it's all distorted and he's smoking a cigarette too and it's it looks like a nightmarish it looks like a funhouse mirror or something of a ghoul i thought that was a cool shot too and that was a cool sequence. And then they just do the transplant, and then he looks exactly like John Travolta, no questions asked. This movie would be, like, infinitely better to me if they made it, like, crazy, and they made this is the plot make sense. Like, if they had just shown him without his face, and if he was just chilling without a face for a bit. Like, if he was nuts. The only thing that's nuts about him is that he likes chiclets, and that he says the word peach like he isn't really that crazy in this movie he's not cool i don't think any of the characters are cool i like <laughs> this movie is so crap to me so crap like it just every every turn i was like oh this is gonna make sense nope like they can't he says his face is itchy and then he massages his face guys it's so easy please <laughs> well i don't know i don't know how much crazier you want the movie to be because to me this movie is already crazy and to me it sounds like this movie is so crazy and honest and admittedly not completely consistent and that's why you don't like it no not crazy as in it sucks crazy as in like <laughs> there's good action it's exciting and you you give a damn like show sean is Arthur the action bad yes or no is action bad, yes or no? Yeah. Yep. No, you don't mean that. 
The only cool thing Not... is when the plane like crashes through the building. What's cool other than that? Like, um, the gunfights are cool. They're what all gunfight. What? Where are there? Where is there a gunfight in the movie? At the end. At the end, in the lair. Where else do they have gunfights? I oh, actually, I on it. No, the gunfights aren't cool. No, they're not. Whoa, this this is blasphemous. Okay, I didn't expect you of all people to say this. It would be cool if I gave a damn. Like gunfights on their own isn't. They're not cool. It's what people say about the Marvel movies. Like action, like baseless action isn't interesting. Like I'm not like okay. That's that's fair, but like you know, I mean. Yeah, you're right that action without emotional depth or emotional investment, I should say, is just is just that. It's just pure visual spectacle and there's nothing else there. But it just, to me, does it so well that even if, you know, and I know I'm not completely on board that there's no emotional investment, but even like casting that all aside, it's just good over-the-top violence. It's not over-the-top. Well, it's pretty mid-range. It's know. B-list, like these actors. I, I... Travolta is an A-lister. He's not. And he's an A-lister. If he was an I'm A-lister, at... then on the face-off Wikipedia, it would say they tried to get John Travolta, but they settled on Schwarzenegger. They didn't... It's not that they tried to get them and they failed. It's that John Wu wanted these guys instead. And then, you know what? They made the God, right choice because, because fuck Stallone and honestly, fuck Arnold sometimes, okay? Never fuck because... Arnold, but this is a Stallone movie. He would be perfect in this. No. Okay, very funny. Very <laughs> funny, Lucas. Um, they did good casting <laughs> and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad with the choices they made. I like Arnold as much as any other guy, but like... This is not the kind of role for him. He can't. Yeah, he he's can't in act good movies well. like Terminator. Wow. Travolta makes spices like. <laughs> Terminator plays to his strength because he can act that well, so he acts as a robot. And this one, where we'd have to play a guy playing a guy, it's just a no. It would be a no go for Mr. Schwarzenegger. I, and that's the thing, like that whole shtick of a guy playing a guy. They barely do it in this movie. Barely do it. Like, barely do it as in the actors, like, the characters don't try to be the characters that they're trying to be. Yes. Well, for for Archer, that's yes, because he only has to pretend in the beginning, and then after that, he's on the run, so he's just being him. Um, For Troy, I would say he has to put it up more. He doesn't try that hard to be Archer, because if he tried really hard to be Archer, it would be boring, because Archer's character is pretty boring. But um, I like him acting within the range of like credibility where people can say, oh, you're different, but you're not like somebody else. Because otherwise, then there isn't any point. Then it's just John Travolta playing the character he's originally portraying. You can see how it's a big mess. But anyway, I thought he did a good job. And I like the role reversal plot line in this. Also, like another plot hole is just that like, Sean Archer is God Emperor, and he can just release people out of jail. He just bails Pollux out. Well, the, he makes a deal with him, which presumably he's like you're the head... in prison. The deal's over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't attest to the uh, the 
the legitimacy of something like that. But then his boss comes in. He's like, I can't believe you did that. You're off the case. So, I mean, that's that's what you get for that. I don't know. Uh, this movie was really good, though, and Luke liked it, too. Nope. Say it again. You want to do bags? I'm ready for bags, yeah. And this is, you know... <laughs> Once upon a time, Luke once said to me, one day we're going to really disagree about a movie. And today's that day, ladies and gentlemen. You're about to witness cop history. Let's hear your bags first. At best, most generous. Like I'm, No, no I'm, generous. I'm, just I'm just give, give your bags. Two bags. <sighs> Holy shit. Two, two bags. fucking bags. This movie is embarrassing. This is holiday movie tier to you. Like, at best, at, like, m maybe I'll cringe at this review later and give it a one. But for now, too, like, I, oh this movie God. sucks. It sucks. Everything other than, like, what's good in this movie? Um, All the stuff I talked about. No. <laughs> um, like, come on. What was good? Yeah, the plane going through the building, that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that's... I'm thinking that's it. Uh, the part where he says, I could eat a peach for hours. The part where they take off their magnet boots to uh, kill them for some reason. Oh, shit, I forgot to mention, the magnet boots in this mm -hmm. are actually the same boots that the Goombas wear in Mario Brothers. Oh, they reuse yeah. the prop. I see it. The they reused the prop. I thought that was a really weird piece of trivia. But, I mean, this movie came out four years after. I guess it would have been the same studio. Uh, so, yeah. I've seen stuff, like, in movies before like that where I'm like, oh, this seems like a reused set. Or, like, this looks like a repurposed set. But, yeah, I can definitely see that. I didn't pick that up, though. Yeah, both of them are Buena Vista distributed. So, I guess... It's weird how, like, a prop would get... Like, I guess they would just have the prop sitting in, like, a closet on the studio lot. And then when they're just looking for shit, they're like, this will work, I guess. Yeah, one, maybe... of, one of the things I've, like, read... Not read, but just, like, listened to was this interview with Patrick Stewart. And he said, like, when he was done TNG, he, he, um, he was like, could I uh, have one of my uniforms? And they were like... <sighs> no sorry man and he's like what so can i buy it off you and they're like nah sorry <laughs> like they just just keep that shit laying around i guess that's why that maybe that's why nowadays you see all these i've seen this thumbnail on youtube a million times which is x actor stole x and x prop off the set yep like ryan reynolds stole the deadpool suit i think john boyega stole some blasters um, for Star Wars, which I'm sure they would not have let him otherwise. Yeah, that exact. That's exactly the kind of. Well, that's exactly the kind of studio that would be like, yeah, no, that's ours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have to protect uh, that, their IP. Like to a degree, I get it. Like, if you think about it, if you kind of take away the whole emotional investment that an actor has in a role, it's just like a guy going to work. Yep. Using a hammer and then being like, "Can I have this hammer?" And they're like, no. Obviously, it's more complicated than that. But no, I, that is I that is ration. comparable. I think that's a good analogy. Well, it's it's comparable, but it's obviously it's like 
I guess to a degree, it's like you can make more of this, or like you know, I'm like the face of the movie, whatever. But yeah, I like no, I think it's like the same because like then they'd have to recontract the because like the studio doesn't make props, right? They just they hire other people to make props for them. I think that's well, a good analogy. It'd be weird if it was like for a movie that's like one and done, where like they're really not gonna reuse the prop, probably. Well, they don't know that. That I guess that's their rationale. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, but yeah, people steals props off sets all the time, and then they're, they're just like, "Oops, guess it went missing." So nothing they can do at that point. So yeah, most people just steal it because it's better than asking, and then they say, "Nope." Yeah, I mean, if you ask, they'll say no. But if you don't ask, then they can't say no. Yeah, then you get a prop. Yeah. Then you can make a cool YouTube video about it, like, a few years later when you're on a talk show. Um, I didn't get my bags. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm thinking this is the four-bagger. <laughs> this is a four-bag movie. Uh, what's not to love? I don't know. I mean, give it it's five. Almost per- <laughs> it's not. A, it's not quite a five. It doesn't enter the Matt Cop Hall of Fame, mm. but it and it for sure enters the pantheon of great movies reviewed on Cop. Um, so you know, if you add my four and your adjusted two to a four on my or no, the W one actually, that's like a full five bags there. So yeah, that's a five bagger for. Um, face off from me and Luke. You heard it here first. Pretty good movie. I mean, I'd recommend it. Yeah. Here's what I'll say to cop listeners is that this is a... Well, I thought this movie would be more divisive than it was, but critically, it's like pretty... It says a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. What? So, <laughs> yeah. No, it fucking doesn't. It does. Like, the 92? critics really like this movie. What? What? 92 percent on this one. Oh, uh, let me see how many. Let me see how many stars. Ninety-two percent, and the review it. is nineteen ninety-seven action, two hours and eight minutes. Okay. Let me see. Ebert gave this one three out of four stars. So I mean, you know, it, this is one for the books, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is a cl- this is a classic now. It's so. slick, slick, and sensational. Are these people fucked? In face-off, Uru sweeps us away again into a world of wild action, heroism, villainy, and double faces that turn deadly. Holy Christ. This is my favorite review. What really makes face-off tick, what sells the movie more than anything else, are the dazzling performances from the two leading men. I couldn't have put it better myself. An engaging and at times sophisticated story, bro. They say fate. They say the title of the movie three times. This has maybe one of the best title drops in movie history. When Archer, as Troy says, "I would like to take his face off," and then later on, when he leaves the room, the guys say, "No more drugs for that man." Classic. Ninety-two percent. What? Ninety-two percent. This is a good movie. Even the audience score is 82%. 250,000 plus ratings. That's a lot of ratings. <laughs> I'm going nuts. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm... Uh... <laughs> oh, this guy's based. Thomas W. This may be very 
this may very well be my least favorite movie of all time, and I do not say that lightly. Two so-so actors at their worst. Hey. Ooh, chewing scenery. However, the premise of the movie is what makes my teeth ache. I know all about <laughs> suspension of disbelief, but this movie requires more than I can handle. Oh, yeah. That's I, good. I honestly don't... I don't think Travolta's an amazing actor. Like, at his best, he's just a good actor. Nicolas Cage at his best, also just a good actor. And Nicolas Cage is at his worst so often that I can't even say with a straight face that he is overall a good actor. Um, my favorite view is from this... is a one out of five star from this guy. Uh, his name is Rick TF, and he says, Beyond Stupid, Pure Trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Oh my but, god. Uh, 92%. Good movie, good movie. What in the fuck? Well, well, maybe one day we'll come back to this movie after I force Lucas to watch it again. And let me tell you guys, the re- the scores will be different. I swear to you. It's cheesy AF, but damn, is it fun. It's not. <laughs> I mean, it is. Why didn't you like, have... I, I like laughed watching it, but... God, oh my god uh luke maybe you should have checked your brain out at the door and you would have enjoyed the movie a little bit more okay did you think about that just turn your brain uh, off bro it's just fun do you hate fun in movies oh you don't like fun movies i i like fun movies it's premise it is premise doesn't make sense but it makes it good what I want to take his face off. Good review. <laughs> so hilariously uh, bad, just amazing. Hey, who Dude, wrote that? People are giving this. Most of these reviews are like passive aggressive, and they're giving like five stars. Because you have in a, in praising this movie as I did, you have to acknowledge like well, number one is far from perfect. But it's, I don't know, it's just like the camp element that's really just gonna set people one way or another. It's either like you think it's endearing and funny and makes for an enjoyable action picture, or you think it just ruins any kind of drama or weight that the movie has. No, no, no. That's it though, is that not it? That's Sam Raimi's Spider-Man or like Flash Gordon where it's camp and endearing and it's all so good. Well, you know what? That's for the listeners. Listeners, go watch this movie. I don't think it's on Netflix, but go watch this movie. I promise you, at the very least, you will be entertained. Piece of shit. Bad script. Bad acting. Could be funny if it wasn't so boring based. You know what? I'll say this also. It's two hours and like 15 minutes. Oh. Like, it's a, it's a decently paced movie. Maybe like a little bit off the runtime would have been nice. Like, it could have been cut to two hours. Like, we didn't need that 10 extra minutes. Because none of the scenes drag, per se, but there are scenes where characters are just kind of retreading the ground. Like, the scenes where uh, fucking uh, Archer has to, like, talk to his wife and convince her that she's him and whatever. And, like, that, those ones can be rough because, like, you're just waiting for the reveal when she finds out. And then, oh, it's okay. But, yeah. Uh, good movie though. Good movie. Period. Mm. Uh, if we're talking post bag discussion, I didn't watch Wandavision this week. You didn't. I didn't. I did. Uh, what'd you think? 
Um, it's, uh, I'm tuning it out. <laughs> well, I was tuning out ever since episode four? three. No, two, two. Oh, four, 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 sorry. Um, yeah, I've been tuning out since four. I'm um, really starting to worry that, uh, this is just going to become a Marvel movie. Every episode, you're getting less and less of the funny, ironic, and endearing sitcom stuff, and you're just getting Superman fighting Rubberman. I'm not, uh, <laughs> not really. Holy shit, Rubberman appears in this? Rubberman appears, and uh, a calculator boy appears, too. Dude, dude, don't even trip. I see it. Yeah. It's Honestly. Ah, like, <laughs> oh, man. I'm really tired of the FBI stuff. Like it's starting to really piss me yeah, off. Yeah, it's pretty bad. You know what? I've I think I've hated proce- uh, police procedural television ever since the first time I lays on laid eyes on it. I don't think I've ever seen any police like television or FBI or whatever Quantico. It's all the same shit. Uh, it's all formulaic. It's all the same stock characters. It all is not great. Like face off. Uh, not like Face Off, which is a, uh, an excellent film that is worthy of praise by all and should be watched by all. Sir, the president's Wa- on the phone for WandaVision you. Sh- WandaVision should take um, a page from Face Off and then, then we'd have a, a movie or a TV series. That'd be good. Also, I want to talk about... There's an arc in The Clone Wars which rips off Face Off. I'll say that. It, <laughs> where... What happens? Anakin goes into Maul's body or some shit like that. Uh, Obi Wan like fakes his death, and then he, they do Star Wars medicine, so he looks like this bounty hunter, and then they he infil- he gets sent to prison, and uh, yada yada yada. Is it a good episode? It's all right. Um, there are better arcs though. Uh, but yeah, I watched WandaVision. It wasn't. It, it was. It was kind of cool seeing like uh, Vision and Wanda because it's Halloween and they dress up as their like original costumes. And mm-hmm. I like. I really wish we came. They came out with a pure, schlocky, campy superhero adaptation like like that. Like a Spider-Man show where he's just in a crappy costume and just like fighting a guy in a rhino costume that would i would watch the poop out of that um <laughs> but it seems like every time i like disney does anything so small like a little reference people lose their goddamn minds and i see 20 news articles like disney makes vision in his original costume and it's awesome yeah um fans of like comics and i guess nerd culture stuff um it's you know it's quite literally oh i i know that guy i clapped yeah it's just i i know what that is and that's epic (laughs) and and you would hope that the audience would be a bit more discerning in their judgment of the material here because you know i don't really get i like comic books but i don't it doesn't get my rocks off to see Vision wearing a yellow cape. <laughs> that doesn't do anything to me. I saw that at Comic-Con like 25 times. So just because Disney put their stamp of approval on it doesn't doesn't do anything for me. That was like um, the whole Lego holiday special. Yeah, that was... 
that was yeah for me yeah that was the whole lego holiday special where like hey, guys uh hello there and haha uh, that's not f- that like disney you're not in on that joke go away <laughs> okay it's like when the teacher com- it's like when you're laughing around with your friends and the teacher tries to jump in the convo it's like you're so far removed from us and you're the tyrant <laughs> so please stay away <laughs> yeah exactly what one last thing I want to note uh, before we break is that so they're doing a sequel to Face Off, um, hmm? and I was look, they're doing a sequel to Face Off. It was announced this month actually that Adam Wingard is going to direct the movie. It's going to be a direct sequel. Okay, so hopefully they get Cage and Travolta back. I was looking at his filmography because when I see a project like this, that's what I like to do to see if it'll be good or not. Doesn't he die? Oh. At the end, though, <laughs> do you think that will stop them? <laughs> Get a load of this guy. Anyway, this guy's also doing Godzilla vs Kong. I looked at his um, filmography and it's really bad. Uh, of the famous movies, he did Your Next, which is a slasher movie my sister made me watch, which I hated. Um, he did The Guest, which I. I don't know anything about this movie. He did the Death Note movie. Oh. He did the Death Note movie and the Blair Witch sequel, which are known to be crap. So I now not only have no faith for Godzilla vs. Kong, which comes out next month, but I also have no faith for the Face Off sequel. Anime adaptations, so. man. They gotta, they gotta stop that. <laughs> they gotta cut it out. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, De- Death Note was... It was like they were trolling me with that movie. Yeah, I hadn't. I've seen no none of the anime, but I watched this with my cousin, and it's like like there's campy stuff. Like this, the my favorite part of the whole movie, and the only stuff that I remember is just the scene where, uh, what what is this guy? What is the creepy demons guy's name? Um. Oh gosh, it's been so long. I forget. Uh, just death god guy. Ryuk. And that's Ryuk. When he appears in the uh, in the classroom and all this stuff's going around. And then Nat Wolf, who's done some good stuff. Like, he's in Hereditary, and he's pretty decent. He's also one of the members of the Naked Brothers Band. <laughs> uh, but then in that scene when he's screaming, like, that was funny. And then the rest of the movie is just uh, embarrassingly bad. And, and they even dragged Lakeith Stanfield in that. That was the worst thing to see. I'm glad his career didn't tank after that. Like, oh, my God. That's, like, the kind of career... That's the kind of poison that after a good start just fucks your career and then it's over but yeah is he that's it nat wolf no his brother is is he alex wolf is in uh hereditary oh really yeah see see, the naked brothers they all blend together for me Uh, yeah is, please stop is making Alan... live action anime in america thank you they they'll do it right okay oh god we were talking about akira last week that one's gonna be bad i know it i don't i don't trust uh taika honestly i like he's a good director i just don't trust like that weren't it's they doing a cowboy simple. bebop one too yeah and then they cast uh the casting for that was odd because who who is that? It's not John. Did they cast John? It wasn't John Cho. It was. Hold on. 
fact-checking this, I'm fact-checking this. Uh, oh, it is John Cho. Actually, that could be kind of cool. I like John Cho. I thought he's like a little old for the role, but I guess it doesn't matter. He's old, he's and almost, I'm pretty sure it's like Spike Spiegel. He's almost fifty. Yeah. Holy shit. Spike Spiegel's like supposed to be American. I'm like ninety percent sure. Well, Siegel is like a Jewish name, but you know, with anime, it's like, are they supposed to be a white guy? Are they supposed to be Japanese? I, I don't, I don't know. I can tell if they're black or not, <laughs> but otherwise, I can't tell. How are you supposed to know? Wait, there's a black guy casted for Cowboy Bebop? Who is he going to be? Wait, he's going to be Tank? Tank is... Oh, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> whatever. Uh, I, can't, I can't find any info on his ethnicity. It doesn't matter. I think the movie uh, will probably... The movie will probably be shit. Is it a TV show or is it a movie? I think it's going to be a TV show. Yeah, it's whatever. Uh, people are always like, Netflix, adapt this. Netflix, adapt this. Please don't. I will, Netflix's originals are so bad, so bad. Just I remember watch when they Cowboy started. Bebop. I remember when Netflix started off, and like the first, I think the first original they had was House of Cards, um, which is an adaptation. But the everyone was like, "Wow, what a great thriller!" Like this is like part of the new age of premium TV. This is awesome. And then it's just been downhill ever since then. They just pump out as much garbage as possible. Every like other months someone will say oh have you watched this new thing that netflix put out and i say nope and i won't <laughs> and that's it uh what do you want to do next week caravan of courage let's do we're it we're gonna do we're doing caravan of courage okay which is uh the ewok movie i guess the first of the ewok movies yeah then it's battle for indoor next uh this is a television movie. Of course, it didn't make it to the theaters. The original title is The Ewok Adventure. It was retitled Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure for limited international theatrical run. Um, have you seen this before? Uh, I don't think so. And I'm pretty sure um, it was one of George Lucas's friends or like um, a babysitter he used that he gave the rights. Like he, he let the person direct it. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that'll be fun. I've heard, I haven't heard much about this. I'm going to go pretty open into it. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting excellent things here, but, uh, I mean, the holiday special is pretty good. So what could go wrong? I've already been spoiled because I went on the Ron Tomatoes and this guy says, is there such a thing as sucks lovingly? I guess there is. Hmm. All Let's right, see. we'll do that. I'm done with Face Off. I'm done with the show, and I'm done with you. I'm ending it. All right. Fate. Let me tell you guys something. Luke is, you know, he doesn't like Face Off now. Face Off will have its time in the sun, and Lucas will appreciate it one day. It's gonna take time, but it'll happen. My ancestors are smiling down upon me for my review of this movie. <laughs> Can you say the same? I certainly like to think so. All right. Thanks for joining me, guests of the show. Uh, see you later. Caravan of Courage next week is going to be good. See you guys later. Peace.
Thank you.